I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pablo Torres. Justin Sidsley. Tim Kalisha. Nina Kai. Remember when we used to make fun of the matchups of Thursday Night Football, how it was always Jags versus Titans every week? Yes. Chargers and Kansas City, woo, two nights. Let's go around that horn. Ooh, baby. Take it or leave it. It's a little bit of a lift for us. Pablo, you're, you're seeming about three to six inches taller today. And that's not good. Oh, yeah. It's surprisingly them. Herbert versus Mahomes, but of course they don't play against each other. Khalil Mack versus Mahomes. Now we're talking. KC looked amazing in week one. Chargers looked chargery in week one, but one. LA took this game last year in Kansas City. Mina Kimes around the horn to you. How do you see this one playing out? How much does a division game in week two matter? Well, it matters a great deal because these two teams aren't just vying for the AFC West. I believe they're vying for the all-important number one seed where you get a bye. So every win counts. And boy, this is going to be hard to come by because what you got here is two quarterbacks both playing God-tier football. And ultimately, it's up to these defenses to try to contain them or at least make them look semi-human. I'll start here. I think the Chargers have a better defense. I think with Khalil Mack, they have a devastating four-man rush. And in Derwin James, they have one of the very few safeties in the NFL who can actually cover Travis Kelsey. However, I am not quite sure they can, they can stop the Chiefs' new brand of smash-mouth football, which we saw on display in week one. Incredibly run, looked incredibly good running the ball, whereas the Chargers... Looked awful running the ball. They actually finished second worst in the NFL and expected points added per play on the ground. Worst in yards per carry. So if I'm the Chiefs defense, I do whatever I can to force Justin Herbert to hand it off. Tempted with light boxes. I think it's going to be close, uh, but I am leaning the Chiefs. Gallister, I saw you taking notes while Mina was talking. All those, uh, <laughs> all those stats. Please go ahead. It was a lot to digest there. But, yeah, the Chiefs were surprisingly good for somebody everybody was worried about. Oh, they have no Tyreek Hill. Well... All the hyphens showed up this week. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, <laughs> Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Juju Smith-Schuster. They all, they all played big. And uh, I agree about the Chargers' defense. They looked really good against the Raiders. Chiefs' defense looked good against Arizona. That may not even count at this point until mm-hmm. we see mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. from the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. But I do think on a Thursday night without Keenan Allen, that's putting a lot on Eckler, uh, putting a lot on those, those Charger receivers to really show up. I think it's the Chiefs' night. Mm-hmm. Justin Sinsley. Yeah, when you only get 17 games to begin with, every game matters, especially the divisional ones. And as everyone has said so far, this is really about these quarterbacks versus these defenses. Last week, Mahomes looked electric. He was spreading the ball all around. He even threw five touchdowns against the Blitz, which is actually should help him going up against this Chargers defense because Mack and Bosa, they, they had the Raiders, they had, they had them looking all out of character in some ways. You know, six sacks, three interceptions, 22 quarterback pressures. Meanwhile, Herbert's without 
without Allen, and he's going up against against a Kansas City defense that looked super fast last week. So there's a lot to be excited about this game, including the last three times that Mahomes and Herbert have played each other. Have played each other. The games have been decided by a, a touchdown in the last minutes mm-hmm. of regulation or overtime. So one thing is for damn sure: this ain't your father's Thursday night football. Yeah, right. That's what I was a joke I made before. I feel that way too. Pablo Torre, now to you. But this Chargers defense also isn't your Cardinals defense. I mean, Justin was referring to the blitz. This feels, Tony, like the first real test, if I can truly denigrate the Cardinals defense, that the Chiefs offense is about to face this season, right? And I say that because the way they attacked Patrick Mahomes seems like now, in retrospect, maybe it's obvious, but the worst possible approach to blitz that often, to not even really try the too high safety thing that Patrick Mahomes was seemingly befuddled by for at least some part of last season. And so the Chargers defense, yes, with Bosa and Mack, and I believe a defense that is already built to stop those crossing routes up front, I think all of those hyphens are going to get a challenge right now that leads me to lean Chiefs, but it's going to be so, so close, I think. I mean, if I could ask a follow-up on Kansas City, there were many who thought, and I'll even put you in this camp, I think we talked about this, maybe on air, maybe privately, that the move away from an offense with Tyreek Hill might be good for Patrick Mahomes. It might pen him in just a little bit where he can now actually get to another level. And what are you looking for tonight, then? Yeah, I I agree. And and Pablo alluded to those two high shells. I think the Chargers will come out with that. But this brand of Chiefs football is built to go up against that. They can play heavy with tight ends and fullbacks on the field. They looked incredible running the ball in week one. All of their backs averaged over six yards per carry. So this is a real test of that Chargers run defense that, as you remember, was awful last season. We'll make that the last word here. Time to move on. The NBA in a position we don't see often for a pro league. Players, full stop. LeBron James outwardly calling out the league. Here's Adam Silver. Why should there be a different standard for the owner of an NBA team than there would be for everybody who works in this league? I don't have the right to take away his team. I don't want to rest on that neat legal point because, of course, there could be a process to take away someone's team in this league. It's very involved. And I ultimately made the decision that it didn't rise to that level. But to me, the consequences are severe here on Mr. Sarver. That was Adam Silver to reporters yesterday afternoon. LeBron James following that with this post, there is no place for misogyny, sexism, and racism in any workplace. Don't matter if you own the team or play for the team. We hold our league up as an example of our values, and this ain't it. And Chris Paul, quote, horrified and disappointed, end quote, he's not just a player rep in the league. This is the team he plays for. Pablo Torre, around the horn to you. What position does Adam Silver and the NBA find themselves in right now? I think he finds himself in a new one, a new and perhaps like unprecedentedly complicated one. Because Adam Silver, keep in mind with Donald Sterling, did not actually force him to sell the team. They benefited from a collision of events, one of them being a tape with Vis Diviano, another one of them being an ex-wife and Shelly Sterling who declared him mentally incapacitated. And so they had Donald Sterling sell the team. And so to, to me right now, Tony, Adam Silver is facing a challenge that he has not faced also for this reason. LeBron James and Chris Paul are usually on board with him. He is uniquely talented as a commissioner for being the guy who has alliances with his superstars. That is what has differentiated Adam Silver this entire time and has made him seem even more progressive, by the way, than he really is. He's a pragmatic man. Mm. And right now he has bet on this whole controversy going away sooner than I think he realized. And now it's up to players, honestly, 
LeBron and Chris Paul to keep the heat on if this is going to be a thing that he actually actively has to reconsider. Justin Tinsley. You know, I think it's great that guys like LeBron and CP3 spoke out, but unfortunately it won't change the outcome of this. You know, the NBA has really, really benefited from this tag of the progressive league, which really isn't all that true. But after this, that tag may be as, uh, as good as dead. When you look at Adam Silver, it looks like he didn't even really believe what he was saying. This is another example of billionaires, you know, juking the system, in particular billionaire white men juking the system to take advantage of their own power and use that to cripple everyone else. And we see we see this across all walks of society in a lot of ways. So and and it's long been known within NBA circles that, you know, Robert Sarver has deeply flawed character issues. He's 60, not six years old. He knows that saying the N word repeatedly, no, no matter the context, should never be done. He knows that harassing women in the workplace should never be done. So this has been going on for years. And when you're the owner of the team and you're the one creating the the, the, the toxic workplace, it should merit far more than a one-year suspension, $10 million fine, and racial sensitivity training. Tim Kalashaw, when you hear Adam Silver come out yesterday, volunteer the comparison to Donald Sterling, and what about it himself, and then said, this one's completely different. How did that land with you? I hear a man uh, fumbling for words up there. And when, when we get to the, the progressive nature of the NBA, that's really David Stern marketing it as a players league in the 80s and then collective bargaining, giving the players a lot of power and they all speak out much more than they do in other leagues. But it kind of stops right there. And, and, and uh, Adam Silver takes strong stands when they're not that difficult to take. Uh, and he'll come out in, uh, against uh, injustice in America. When it's injustice in China, he wants to change the subject real quick when we're talking about the hundreds of millions of dollars the NBA relies on from China. In this case, I do think it is different from the Donald Sterling case, but I don't know if that's splitting hairs or not. I also think a one-year suspension, it's more than maybe we think at first. These guys' egos, they want to be courtside, and the Suns are in this very, very tight window that may have already closed, but we think they're still a big factor. And for him to have to miss this season, uh, that, that's a bigger deal to him than we may suspect but yeah oh, so still, you, you feel the crossing. suspension then was I don't know if it's fully this is what it needed to be uh, forcing a guy to sell the team just means you're going to make him fabulously more wealthy than he already was uh, this the embarrassment that he gets out of this I think is mm, worth everybody something. wants back in Mina Kimes first to you well simply put I think this is one of the worst moments of the Adam Silver era running the NBA um what he said yesterday, their findings, what struck me as particularly offensive was the conclusion that, yes, he did all these things, we're going to lay them out, but we're going to go a little bit easier on him because he lacked, I believe they said, animus. Essentially, they're saying he didn't mean it. Who are you to judge this man by his perceived intentions when his racist and sexist actions say otherwise? Perhaps he cannot force a sale legally, but what he could do is come out and say, this man has no place in our league. I agree with the players, LeBron and CP3. He should listen to them, and this should not be the end of this. This story. is not the So you believe. Now, with Sterling, there was a uh, threat of a boycott among players. Could that be in play? Your Pablo Torre back in. Yeah, look, I mean, Tony, this is the bet that Adam Silver has made, and it's a cynical one. He believes that we don't have the energy collectively as a media organism. The players don't have the energy collectively to choose this as the hill they want to die on. And I think he might be right. 
Let's be honest about that too. I think he might be right, but none of that reflects on the merits that Mina was referring to where an HR department functionally could not exist because people were afraid to be seen going to that department. What else do you need to know that this is a man who should not be running a multi-billion dollar corporation valuing inclusion? Justin Sinsley. These were years of allegations. This isn't just one. This isn't just two. These are years of allegations. This guy knew what he was doing was wrong. And the fact that he basically got a slap on the hand, that's why so many people are upset with this, including LeBron James and Chris Paul. And the fact that Silver said, we looked at all 18 years here, suggests, hey, there were a bunch of years where he didn't do something racist, where he didn't do something sexist. It was just these few over here. That's a very odd take to come up with. I mean, I, I, I'll say this. It often feels like this league and Commissioner Silver and maybe even Stern before that dealt with kid gloves. Like, like progressive league, the most progressive league is like a tagline that has to be said when referring to this league when you've got, of course, this going on. You have one of the most prominent players rising in the league using homophobic slurs uh, publicly in the last two weeks. And that story doesn't get shouted out like that. This is the first time I feel like a microscope is now being put on and we're going to see how it plays out over the next couple of weeks. By yourself, on the other side. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Roger Federer's goodbye video today. I want to share some news with all of you. The Labor Cup next week in London will be my final ATP event. Four minutes I really and want 26 to seconds of class team. and grace. Even and gratitude. You got the feeling he was ready to thank every person, every single fan by name. And I've always been there for me. And he said the biggest gift was the people he met along the way. It's kind of a goodbye that mirrored the elegance he played the game, wouldn't you say? So next week in London, and then he'll call it a career, Tim. How do you hear it? How do you view it? View it all. The career, the man, the all-time player, please. Yeah, I, I look at it this way. We, we live in an age of where every event is on TV and we all have our 70-inch big screens, so we don't really talk as much about getting to see people in person. I personally feel blessed that I the first time I saw Roger Federer in person was in New York, the 2011 men's semifinals against Djokovic, a match that 
turned out to be a five-set classic and something of a changing of the guard. But and, and having seen him a few times after that, and of course seen him many, many times on television, you talk about the beauty of his game. He just was somebody who could who could put the ball into both corners from the most impossible shots without ever looking awkward doing mm -hmm. it. Yeah. There was just a tremendous elegance to his game and, and, and to his personality off the court to Minkin as four kids. And that, that definitely was missed in our world. I think he rose to the GOAT in some people's lists at some point in his career. He got to number one, but whether he's still sure. there for you. You know, I think at the end, obviously, uh, Novak and Rafa both have more Grand Slams already. And, and they got to play. They're about five years younger than he is. He was in his 30s by the time, especially Novak, was becoming a viable player. So he was a little bit handicapped there. I don't think he would be viewed as number one. Rafa might be, but I don't really, I don't really think it matters to him at this point. Justin Tinsley. You know, class is a word that gets thrown around a lot, but Federer seemed to personify that throughout his entire career. I never got a chance to see uh, Arthur Ashe play, but I would put Federer up there with me, with Andre Agassi as my personal favorite male players of all time. And it was an honor and privilege to see two, all 20 of his grand slams, and I wish him nothing but the best. He's a class act, for real. Pablo Torre. Yeah, Tony, he is one of the rare athletes who truly never embarrassed himself. In any way, his game was as smooth, as polished as his persona. Um, and so for me, I hope that this is real. I know he is injured. He's been trying to come back for two years, basically watching his contemporaries rise above him in those rankings. But I hope that he's for real and that he exits as gracefully as he plays. Oh, you mean he hopes he's real that, that this is the real retirement. I also mean, yes, of course, we never really Absolutely. know who somebody is. You said he never embarrassed himself. How could you possibly know who the person is from the brand? But this was different, right, Mina? This goodbye video, four minutes worth of gratitude, the way it was, it felt different. Yeah, it, it feels very in line with what we've seen from Federer over the course of his career. And speaking of that career, my favorite part might have been the second phase. Obviously, early on, he was so incredibly dominant. But, of course, you remember, after 2012 or so, there were doubts about whether he'd be great again. Then in 2017, Wimbledon, 2018, the Australian Open, 2019, the 100th title. Just seeing the grit to have that comeback in his late 30s. Reminded me a little bit of Tiger winning that Masters uh, recently. It's just one of the most remarkable sporting achievements I can recall. Buy or sell, too. Mississippi has the, is the poorest state and the blackest state. They have given $5 million to Brett Favre, who has decided that to use that, who has $110 million, who has decided to take away that money and build a freaking volleyball stadium. The state is actively funneling money away from the people who need it to give to a millionaire former football player because he could throw a ball. Like, this is more than criminal. This is, like, one of the most vile stories that I can imagine I was happening. really impressed with David Dennis Jr., our friend, of course, on Debatable, or our friend as well, uh, yesterday on Brett Favre of the Mississippi and welfare funds. And I'm wondering how you view this, Mita Combs. Well, I view it as a disgrace, Tony. I mean, this story has been going on for a while. There's been excellent reporting in Mississippi today about the diversion of those funds, which were intended to go to the poorest people in the poorest state in America. What's new is Mississippi Today has reporting showing that Favre, who has denied knowing where the money came from and denied meeting with the former governor, well, he texted with the woman who diverted those funds saying, hey, I hope the media doesn't find out about this. And there are also texts showing that the governor says he met with Favre. You do the math. 
Look, it's easy to laugh at the stupidity of the cover-up and the incompetence, but this isn't just incompetence. It's corruption. It's cruelty. It's yet another example of the haves in this country taking from the have-nots, seemingly with no comp- pardon me, seemingly with no consequences. And we're talking about it because it's Brett Favre and he's a superstar. But I have to say this: his star is forever diminished after this. It should have been diminished after the sexual harassment stories, but this, to me, tarnishes his legacy forever. Paul Latour. Yeah, Tony. This is a reminder. The people that you've been told are the scammers, right? Pejoratively, people on welfare. These are people who are looking for handouts. They are not the villains in this story. The people who are the liars are the people who have been documented lying in the way that Mississippi Today and Anna Wolf, their excellent reporter, have reported. Like to me, not only is Farb's legacy tarnished, but like this is a real story with seventy million dollars of misappropriated funds. This is a scandal at every level. Yeah, Mississippi's poverty rate is seven points higher than the national poverty rate. Uh, uh, 34% of black people live in poverty. So, some are so far, so far below the poverty line that the poverty line feels like the American dream. This is who Brett Favre stole from. This is who Brett Favre and company stole, stole from. This is why environmental and economic racism are such foundations of this country. And this is why Brett Favre knew he was dead wrong with those conversations. He stole from the people who needed it the most. That's pathetic and that's low. I would just say, add to this, that uh, if any athlete should have already learned through his own bad behavior that words or pictures on your cell phone can become public, can humiliate you, can cost you money, it should have been Brett Favre years ago, but he didn't, or he just doesn't care, because that's what powerful people do. They believe they're above it all. What David Dennis Jr. did in talking about this history debatable, he also drew a line to the water crisis in the state. This is not about that, but this is not, not about that. Right? And as far as this being a sports story, it is because of Brett Favre. It is because this is Southern Mississippi and volleyball and arenas, and we talk about diversion of funds and whether it's intentional or unintentional from the poor. Think about this when you think about all the beautiful stadiums funded by states and by counties, in colleges, and in high schools. Thank you very much for your time, Justin Sims and Pablo Torre. Mina Kimes, Tim Kalashaw, Showdown next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Is tonight the night the Las Vegas Aces win the championship? Answer that question. But first, this question. What's the one thing the sun must do tonight? To stay alive. Meet a con. 
Well, it's pretty simple, Tony. When Dewana Bonner is held to single digits, they have not won a single postseason game. She must get going in this one, and they got to grind it out to win. pull off the, the win. They got to play with the determination and tenacity I saw them play with to eliminate the Dallas Wings a couple of weeks ago when they were down. <laughs> I was there. An exciting game. I was there. That same kind of purpose and drive. Right, and that <laughs> muck. We've been using the word muck a lot. Make a pick. Mina, who you got tonight? I got the sun keeping it going. Tim Kalashow, who you got? I got the ace. After all that, uh, really 30 seconds of FaceTime, Tim Kalashow. Oh, finally. When, when, when we're young and we start to learn the great sports numbers of all time, one of the ones we learned, Cy Young with his 511 wins. How would I have ever expected to have joined him? I know there may be a guy from Denver who already did it. We're not here to talk about him today. I'm here to talk about Cy Young, actually, not myself. Did you know he wasn't a very good strikeout pitcher? Didn't even have 3,000 strikeouts, and he pitched over 7,000 innings. But he did have 48 complete games one year. That's a lot. Uh, I want to thank all the people like Mina and Pablo and Justin that made these 500 last games possible oh. in the last 20 years. And we'll see how many more we oh. can do. Congrats, Tim. Just real congrats, ball Tim. Era Who leads Major League man. Baseball yeah. in most losses of all time? Huh. Cy Young. Young as well. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah.